0: I want to tell you what I'm getting you guys for Christmas. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going to get each of you a hard hat. Okay, because when I learned that there's 170 million pieces of space junk up there, and <laughs> I, I want to make sure you're protected when it rains down at speeds of 17,000 miles per hour. Wow. Okay, I want to make sure. Thank you. That you guys are we're all covered. I appreciate that, and and I think we should wear them in here because it will pass right through. Them. Oh, yeah it can't. It can't. But what's interesting about this is space junk is a real threat uh to to satellites, to communications, to to a lot of things. But 99% of it goes undetected until now. University of Michigan researchers have a new system that could detect, target and document where small objects are. It was uh, really quite a, a, an interesting paper that dropped yesterday. From my friends out in Ann Arbor, we welcome in Motaba Akabin Tofti. He's the assistant research scientist in the Department of Climate and Space Sciences and Engineering at the University of Michigan. Professor, good to have you with us.
1: Good morning. Thank you for having me.
0: So, just give us a sense of how oh, I said one hundred seventy million. I think that's the correct number, but just how much stuff is up there that could be threatening, and, and why there is so much concern about this.
1: Yeah, um, so just, just to give you a sense of how much debris is out, um, just remember that since the 60s and 70s, we've had significant presence in space. Um, and oftentimes when we send something to space um, and NASA does it and many other um, governments do it, but also now many um, commercial partners um, around the world do it as well. We've had these, these satellites to, to go to orbit and if you plan it well, many of them are going to deorbit um and that what that means is that um if you send a satellite up to four hundred um miles above ground, then there's enough atmosphere that over time that just deorbits and just burns in the atmosphere. But there are also many cases where uh these aging satellites in space are practically just breaking down over time. Because you know they're exposed to sunlight uh, that that is really, for example, the paint chip off of a satellite is just coming off, and we're just completely unaware of how many of those satellites are. How many of th- and those are man-made objects, and and there are plenty of um, natural objects as well. So right now, um, this is these are all estimates. Um, just like you said, we we think that there is up to you know, um, hundreds of millions of debris out um, in space. But the Air Force, um, U.S. Air, Bo- Air Force, which is the, the most powerful detection of debris in space, uh, can only detect objects that are larger and track them that are larger than a softball, so four inches and, and higher. Um, and, and that's only 1% of, of the total debris in space.
0: And professor, you know, you were talking about objects large, larger than a softball that that are uh, trackable, but I'm looking at a picture here of a piece of space junk that punched a hole into the hull of NASA's Solar Max spacecraft. I mean, even a, a very small piece going at twenty two thousand miles an hour can can really do a lot of damage.
1: Yes, so that's that's another that's another big thing. Um, yeah, every object in space. Um, on, on average has a speed around 20,000 miles per hour. So even a softball hitting you is going to feel like hitting a bus. So now, now imagine if you're a very, you know, um, small satellite or, or even a large satellite Mm -hmm. and, and something at that speed hits you, um, it's going to oftentimes be, um, lethal to the, to the spacecraft, let alone, you know, astronauts that, that are present in space. Um, so that's, that's why it's really important to Department of Defense, um, and, and again, these are just U.S.-based um, organizations, but Department of Defense and now um, um, even the Director of National Intelligence that, that are caring about this because we're starting to have more presence in space, uh, especially commercial activities, and these can be mission-ending.
0: Okay, Professor, so you guys figured out how to track the really small pieces. Now what happens?
1: Yeah, so um, we're we're still far from exactly um, knowing how many space debris there are. And our method, which practically looks at um, two small small space debris hitting each other, um, and once they hit hit each other at speeds of up to um, 20,000 miles per hour, they start to create these pulses, electromagnetic pulse, we call it, which is very similar to when you're um, taking, uh, putting on a blanket in the dark and it, it sparks. That's mm. what I'm referring to. Mm-hmm. So when the two objects collide, they generate a very strong electromagnetic pulse. Um, and that is so strong that we can detect it from ground. And we're talking about you know nearly... Um, 40,000 miles away, we can we we, are, we have shown theoretically that that we are able to detect that signal. And so, when these two objects collide, they generate that um, signal because the the collision creates this very strong um, expansion of the two objects into millions of fragments. So not only so now two um, small debris now have created millions of additional debris because the two have collided. And this could be objects as small as, you know, millimeter-sized um, objects, or there are many um, accidents in space, too, where um, retired satellites hit existing operating satellites and create a lot of debris.
0: So now that you can identify it, can you prevent those kinds of collisions and that kind of damage and I mean, does it also open open the door to someday having space junk recyclers or retrievers going up there to kind of clean up this mess
1: yes you're you're exactly on track um so the the two are exactly what the purpose of this whole project is. Number one is that um as as we continue to um further our involvement in in space, one of the main things is to one know where exactly every debris is. Because there are maneuvers that you simply just communicate with the satellite and let them know that hey get it get out of the way because not every satellite is going to have the capability to you know smack maneuver. the yeah. incoming debris. The other aspect um, just like you mentioned is also make if you know where the debris are, then you can start to um, create satellites that the, their only purpose is to go and remove the debris or at least send the um, debris to a different orbit so that um you can you can operate safely. So yeah. just just for reference, there is already um out when you go um thirty-six thousand miles from Earth, there's this orbit where you would have the same speed as the Earth rotates, so that you can pretty much park your satellite there and spy satellites and communication satellites often do this. So you can sit on a very specific part of earth and just can do measurements. Um, So you, you can, you can do that. So because of the same velocity, you don't have to burn much fuel and everyone really likes this orbit and it's very stable. So just outside of that orbit, there's this thing called geosynchronous orbit, or we call it graveyard orbit. So all of the satellites that go to that orbit, when they are ready to retire, they have to have just enough fuel to just go few few hundred miles over and just park there and retire. The That's idea that called.
0: you have a retirement home for dead satellites is <laughs> is, is 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 fascinating. Um, we thank you for this. I, I mean, the the idea that you can spot things that are one millimeter in diameter from thousands of miles away is is fascinating and. Uh, uh, Professor Akabin, yeah, Tofti, I I will think of you every time I sheet sparks. I will I, I will be reminded <laughs> that you guys are identifying critical stuff out there. That's a novel way. thank you for your time and thanks for protecting us.
1: Thank you very much for having me and and have a good day.
0: You too. And uh, wow. I, I I wonder who the the space junk people of the future will be because there may be money in retrieving a lot of that. Yeah, stuff. Uh, I just think. Scientists and science and smart people for doing some things you've never even thought of. You never would have thought of that. (laughs) No. Uh, When we come back, the president of Oakland University on trying to deliver safety, but also freedom of speech and political speech on college campuses. The fine line that leaders have to walk. She's calling on them to show more leadership. We'll speak with her next on JR Morning at 649.